be turning in your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 8. John, chapter 8. We'll begin there in a moment. I know one thing that needs to be noted today is that next Sunday is Father's Day. Absolutely, we need to announce that. Special emphasis on that. My good buddy, Reese Nealon, says that's his favorite day of the year, his favorite holiday. He goes, he goes a little over the top. Can I do one more thing? Oh, well, I say, Chris doesn't okay, have any I more do remember, thing. and it was really important. It's Father's terrible. Um, no, it's not Father's Day. Uh, <laughs> we're excited about that, but we're really, really excited that today uh, Yvonne, Lim, and her family are back down in Orange County for the baptism of her dad. And, uh, yeah, I want, though we cannot be there because it's at 12 noon today down in Irvine, uh, and we believe in following the speed limit laws. Um, but I do want to take um, a photo of all of us. So on three, can you just, you know, give your best jubilation? Ready? One, two, three. Awesome. Thank you. And next Sunday... <laughs> No, I did want to let you know, next Sunday I've been invited to speak at Turning Point, one of our sister regions in the L.A. Church, and so I'll be there next Sunday, and I'm not sure exactly what the arrangements will be here, but anyway, I'll be preaching over there on Father's Day, so it ought to be a lot of fun for them and for us. Okay, we're going to continue on with our study here on the I Am's of Jesus. What are some of the ones that we've hit? What can you remember? I am the bread of life. I am the gate. I am. I am who I am. <laughs> okay, don't play Jeopardy, amen. Uh, one more. I am the good shepherd. Yeah, uh, we we hit those. And today we're going to talk about I am. What? Do you know? I am the light of the world. John chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am the light of the world. Now, this is a, a very unique one of the I am's of Jesus because it is the only one where He also challenges us to be the light of the world. Look over in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand to give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So this is unique of the I Am's in that Jesus Jesus doesn't say, I'm the bread of life, and now you need to be the bread of life. Uh, you know, He doesn't say, I'm the good shepherd, now you need to be the good shepherd. But He does say, in this case, I am the light of the world, and He also says that we, meaning us, all of us, His followers, are the light of the world. And we'll talk a little bit about the implications of that as we get on into things. 
Now, when you when you talk about light, you all the you almost just by by uh, necessity have to talk about darkness. And we're all extremely aware as as people of light and darkness. Generally speaking, we have a sense of us that enjoys light, and we have a sense of us that enjoys darkness. You know, all of us have been sleeping in a room, and someone comes in and flips on the light. You know, what what what, what do you feel like? Hey, turn the light off. You know, I was very comfortable here in 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 the darkness, and I was sleeping and. Uh, and, and, and your light uh, was uh, rude and uh, woke me up or whatever. But, uh, you know, we live for the most part in our time, in our world, different from the world that he was talking about. We live in a lighted society. And the reason I say that is we live in the post-electricity uh, time. Um, for most of us, we have a limited amount of times where we're out uh, of the city, we're out in the country, we're out in, in, a, in a circumstance where there's no light around us at all. And generally speaking, when we are in that circumstance, we're taken back by how dark it is. You've got to realize, in Jesus' time when He's saying this, this is a time of no electricity. And so they understood that the concept of light meaning the day, and maybe light meaning candlelight, but beyond that, not really much light uh, was in the dark time of, of the day or, or the night. And when it's dark, it's really dark, if, if you know what I'm saying. We live in such a lighted society, sometimes we don't realize it. I bet most of you, I know I've done this, is you're driving at night and you realize all of a sudden, I don't have my lights on. Whoa. You mean you were driving along and you could you could make your way down the street just by the street lights that were on and the other lights that were on in the homes or, or, or uh, around you or the lights of other cars around you. We, we don't really understand oftentimes how dark dark can be. And when Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, I want you to be the light of the world, he's talking about light and darkness and the contrast of the two. Darkness can be scary. When you're in the darkness and you don't know what's in front of you and you're trying to make your way along, it can be frightening. Darkness can be dangerous for that very reason. That you can get in more trouble quickly than you ever could have possibly imagined. Jesus is making a huge contrast of light and darkness. I think sometimes in our world today, we feel like we live in a very dark time. Yet if we look at the history of mankind, history of mankind is a bit of a sine wave of more or less times of darkness and the differences that are going on in people's lives. In the context of those people's lives right then, the Jewish people, during the Roman occupation, they felt like we are in darkness 
and darkness it could be no more dark than it is. They despised the Romans being there. They resented the Romans being there. And the Romans brought in a whole way of life and a moral way to look at life that was very different from the Jews of that time. And they felt like there was nothing that could possibly be any worse than what we have right now living around us. You know, if you pick up the, uh, the newspaper, if you look at the news on the Internet, if you keep up with things going around us in the world today, there's some scary things going on in the world today. It's almost as if almost every day something happens somewhere where you think, my gosh, that, that's just awful. That's terrible. Uh, and oftentimes these are things that are going on in another place uh, and not necessarily right where we live right here. But then sometimes things happen right next to us in, in the city that we live in. And we're reminded of, of what a dangerous place, what a dark kind of place that we have in the world today. I don't think, really, it's any darker now than it's ever been. I think there's times of darkness that we are more aware of it. And there's times of darkness where we're unaware of it. You know, sometimes we even say, I don't want to hear the news. As if not hearing it means that it didn't happen. And, and sometimes we say, you know, I, I want to move out of the city. I, I, want, I want to get out. I want to live out in the country somewhere, back off by ourselves. As if being in that condition, in that situation, would make it as if all the things that we know are going on around us are not still going on. You know, you can live way out in the middle of nowhere in a cabin, but the things that are going on in the world that are dark are still going on. Our society hadn't changed because you escaped it and went away from it. Really, that's not, in, in most of our cases, an opportunity anyway. It's not where we're really going to be. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. He says it in chapter 8 there in verse 12. And this whole uh, uh, study, we're not going to have time to read it all, but in chapter 8 and, and going through that whole thing and coming into chapter 9, he continues the, the same thought as he goes into the healing of the man born blind. Now, the interesting thing that is, the healing of the man born blind, if you go down through chapter uh, 9 then, actually leads us into chapter 10 where he talks about I'm the gate and I'm the shepherd on down in chapter 10 in verse 11. And so all this is sort of flowing together where he's making these comments about himself and trying to describe who he is. I think it's very interesting that right in the middle of this whole discussion in in chapter 8 and verse 31, it says to the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Right in the middle of all the discussion of I'm the light, I'm the gate, I'm the shepherd. He lays out this incredibly simple statement about what does it really mean to be a follower of Jesus? It means that you hold to his teachings, not just that you believe. Because in verse 31, it says to the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, so these people are already believers. But then he challenges them, okay, if you really want to be my follower, you've got to have a serious attitude about knowing and obeying my teachings. And so you have this real uh, sort of a diamond right in the middle of this whole discussion. I want us to look at this idea of uh, the light hill. Look back to John chapter 3. 
John 3 is uh, sort of, you know, the golden verse of the Bible, verse 16. And we're going to start there. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has uh, not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict, or here's the bottom liner. Here's what I'm really trying to get you to understand. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come unto the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what has been done has been done through God. Then look back to 1 John, chapter 1. 1 John, chapter 1. Verse 5. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you. So John said, this is what we heard Jesus teach, and I'm passing it on to you. God is light. In Him there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, if He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our life. Then look over to First Peter, chapter 2. So you have this light and darkness discussion. First of John, then John comments on it when he writes this epistle to all the churches. And then Peter brings up this idea of light and darkness. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you, look at this, out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You're called out of darkness into His wonderful light. And so Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. People automatically understand, okay, then there's darkness. We're called out of darkness into the light. The concept of someone becoming a Christian is that they're leaving darkness and they're coming into light. One of the things that we don't do a lot and that I don't preach on a lot, but I'm going to hit here this morning, is we're going to read some of the passages in the Bible specifically that talk about sin. Or they talk about darkness. It's important for us as Christians to realize we came out of darkness into the light. There should be a concept of, this is what I was, 
not what I am. But let me say this. In understanding all of our sinful natures, you've got to understand we are all uniquely made. A particular sin may be very tempting to a person and be not interesting really at all to somebody else. Or it may not be a big part of what you have dealt with or deal with in your life. Not every sin is equal for every single person. For some of us, we, we, we even hear about it or think about it, we're like, yeah, that's not that big a deal for me. But for others of us, these things are big deals. But here's what you can bet on. There is something for everybody. You didn't get a pass on your sinful nature or in the darkness of the darkness being interesting to you. All of us have some things in our life that we realize are darkness. We realize this is how I was. This is not the way I want to be now. But these things are always going to be there with you. You know, when you become a Christian, your sins are forgiven. Your sinful nature is still with you. It didn't stop. You're, you're still there. As a matter of fact, you're still going to sin in some ways in your Christian life. And if you've been a Christian for a long time, probably in some of our cases, we've been Christians longer than we were non-Christians. And so we probably have sinned more as a Christian than we did as a non-Christian. <laughs> no way. Way. No, there's a way. And it's simply because time has, has caught up with us. If, if, no, we. So we have to be sober-minded. Those of us who are children here of God. Some of us here are not Christians here today. And so that, that doesn't necessarily apply to you. But if we're Christians, you've got to be sober-minded and realize, I'm still going to sin. I don't like it. I don't want to. I don't plan on doing it. I don't cherish it. But that's where in 1 John there where he says, if we confess our sins, he forgives our sins. And as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. So the blood of Jesus is not just what happened in your life. It's what's happening in your life and continues to keep you in this good position with God. It's like the circle thing that I think I've explained before uh, in sermons. Maybe you've heard me do this before. You know, in Christ, there's a circle that's right here that's in Christ. We're not constantly stepping out and stepping in. You know, get up in the morning, I'm in Christ. Roll over and look at your, your husband or wife, and they've got bad breath, and you think, oh, what a, what a pig. Oh, oh, stepped out of Christ. God forgive me. Oh, I'm back in Christ. You know, I mean, we're not stepping out and stepping in all the time. You know, I went to the, the kitchen, and the children... You know, spilled milk. Oh, those lazy kids. I'm out of Christ. Then I'm back in Christ. We're not stepping out and stepping in all the time. If you're in Christ, you're in Christ. Amen? And so we aren't going through this weirdness all the time. Let's read these passages, though, and make some observations about them. So if you don't have your seatbelt on, put it on. Uh, Galatians 5, verse 19. Okay, some of you are on it, man. You, You know this one. You've been here before. Galatians 5, verse 19. Of course, the, the, the book of Galatians is written to who? 
the Christians in Galatia. Galatia was like a state, an area, and there are multiple congregations here. But that's who the Galatians are. It'd be like saying uh, the Californians. It's an area representing more than one particular place. Some of the books that we're going to look at, it's more it's a city, and we'll see that in a minute. But the, in Galatians 5:19, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. These are things that are fairly clear, are obvious, or, or we understand them easily. Don't have to be a theologian here. You understand what I'm saying? Don't have to have a master's degree. These things are things that we understand clearly. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is darkness. These are the acts of darkness. This is what goes on in darkness. This is how people live who are living in darkness. These things, most of them, are, are unbelievably clear and easy to understand. Some comments made in here that, that, that are interesting, that, that maybe I'll go back and hit on. Selfish ambition. He's not saying ambition is wrong. But he says if you're selfishly ambitious, if it's all about you, you understand what I'm saying? So some of these you have to look at it and say, okay, what is he saying? What is he not saying as he goes on through? Hatred. He doesn't say hatred's wrong unless you've got a good reason to hate. He just says hatred is not the way God's people ought to live. All of us have some reason to hate something or somebody. In our life, if you live long enough, you get run over by somebody. You get treated wrong by somebody. But he doesn't say it's okay to hate if someone treated you wrong. A lot of these are, are, are comments about how we interact with each other. Jealousy. Feeling like you're not getting treated fairly. These kind of bitter feelings that come up in your heart. These are darkness. And they lead to darker things all the, uh, most of the time. You know, yesterday, speaking of the news, they had the, uh, the Dallas, Texas uh, police station gets all shot up because this guy has an attitude. Feels like he had been treated right. And so, you know, when he got that attitude, that feeling, that was, that was darkness that went in his soul. Apparently, he didn't deal with it. And so his darkness led himself to say, well, I'm going to get a gun and I'm going to start indiscriminately killing anyone. That's a, that's a policeman. People have probably had not a single thing to do with him. You see, if we don't deal sometimes with the sin or the darkness in our heart, it leads to more darkness. And even some things that probably in our, in our sober-minded moments we would think, I can never do that. Listen, don't fake yourself out of what you're capable of doing. You're capable of doing and saying awful things if you let darkness live in your life. And he ends this passage with saying that uh, he says, and the like. In other words, if I didn't just hit it right on the nose, you know what I'm talking about. You know, don't be a lawyer here, okay? You know, and the like, and those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, look over to Colossians 3. Colossians 3, the book of Colossians was written to who? 
the Colossians. And Colossae was a city. And so this is a church in a city. So this is written not to a, uh, uh, an area like Galatia. It's written to the church in Colossae. And let's pick it up in verse 1 of chapter 3. Now he's referring, if you look back to uh, Colossians 2.12, he talks about them being baptized. He says, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. So he's made this comment about being baptized and being raised up with Christ, right? Then look at chapter 3, verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. So he's making reference back to what he said earlier. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. He says, hey, you know what? When you get baptized, set your heart, set your mind. Get, get yourself focused here to do the best, right? And that's how, you know, when people get baptized, they come out of the waters of baptism and they're fired up. They want to be a Christian. Sometimes, unfortunately, it isn't all that long that they find themselves being drawn right back into the world. But he's saying, you, you, first of all, you've got to get your mind set. You've got to get your heart set. Then look at verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And so this, this battle now is going to, it goes on. You know, sometimes people say, well, I, I got baptized. Why am I still tempted? Well, because you're still you. Your sins have been forgiven. Your capacity to sin has not been taken away. So put to death. This is an ongoing thing you're going to have to do. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality. You notice some of these things are similar to what he says uh, pr- previously. Uh, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. Now, see, he mentioned greed here. He didn't mention greed to the Galatians. Does that mean that none of the Galatians had a, a propensity to have greed? No. It, it, you can't list everything at every time. And so that's why you have to have a good understanding of the Bible and understand there's more than one place to go to understand a lot of things. In this case, to understand darkness, which is idolatry. Because of thee, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. He says, I know that's what you used to be like. We used to all be like that in the life that we once lived. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you've taken off your old self with its practices and, and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, meaning in this saved place, in a saved condition, in the church, here there is neither Greek nor Jew. Well, what does that mean? Here there's no Greek or Jew. You mean to tell me there was nobody in the church there that wasn't Jewish in their background or Greek in their background? No, he's saying we in the church are made up of all kinds of different people in our background. But he's saying in the church, your, your priority of, of understanding of who you are is not that you're a Greek, not that you're a Jew. He says here there's neither Greek nor Jew, uncircumcised or, or circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. The church, even in that circumstance, was made up of all kinds of different people. Some people from Jewish background, some people from non-Jewish background. 
some people from uh, a Greek background, some people non-Greek background, some barbarians. I mean, the barbarians. They had barbarians in the church there. Scythians. The, the Scythia area was an area sort of going up by what we today would know as the Black Sea or the southernmost area of the former Soviet Union, if you can picture that in your world map. I know Americans are terrible at geography, so maybe you can't. But uh, 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 the Scythians were way out there, people, is, is what it was. It was a long way from Scythia to here. And so they were foreigners. They were normal people or, or local people and, and, and that kind of thing. And they're all in the church. And he's saying the most important thing about being in the church is that you're in Christ. Now look around. Just take a minute and do this. Look around here, guys. We are from all over the place. And we've got several brothers that can qualify as barbarians. Amen. <laughs> of course, course you've got to wonder if it was a female barbarian. I don't know, you know. Uh, maybe it was a girl. One of the teenage girls there was a barbarian. I don't know, guys. Not down here, you know, you guys, I don't know. <clears throat> but they're from all kinds of different backgrounds. And they make up. The church. And he says, in the church, we, we, we are one. Our primary uh, a point of, of who we are is that we are in Christ. But he goes through all these things that you should put to death, that you should get. He says, rid yourself of these things. Get it out of there. Get away from it. You know, if, 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 we, if we have an attitude toward darkness, that we want to get as close to darkness without being in the darkness, it's a little bit like the old tractor beam. It's going to pull you right in. The idea is don't try to get as close as you can. The idea is to rid yourself of it. Okay, look over in 2 Timothy. This is a comment that Paul makes to Timothy about the world, really, of, of, of their time on into our time. And he hits uh, some of these things uh, that we're looking at. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. But mark this. There'll be terrible times in the last days. There'll be really bad things that can happen. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful. Proud. Abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not the lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with it. And I'm telling you, Paul here lays it out. He says, Timothy, you've got to realize people, people can be magnanimous and they can be wonderful, but people can also be awful. And when people are living in darkness, They can be brutal, savage in the way they treat other people around them. We're shocked sometimes. And honest to goodness, we, we shouldn't be. 
we got to quit being shocked in the sense that not that things aren't shocking, but we've got to quit thinking that, wow, how could that happen? If people are living in darkness, if their minds are controlled by darkness, they are capable of anything. Atrocities to their, to their fellow man. And Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. I can get you out of it. I can pull you out of the quagmire and mess of the world. I'm the light. I'm, I'm the opportunity to escape. You know, for most of us, when we became Christians, those of us who are Christians, there was something about our conversion where we realized, I have got to get out of where I'm at. I, I, I realize, I've come to understand, I have got to get out of here. I, I'm going the wrong way. This is not going to have a good ending. I've got to make a radical shift. Becoming a Christian, whether it's, it's, it's Yvonne's mom and dad at their age. I don't know exactly how old they are. I bet they're probably in their 80s or whatever. Or, or if you're baptized as a teenager, some of our teenagers have been baptized. It's a radical shift. It's saying, I'm in darkness and I've got to get into the light. I've got to quit living the way I'm living. And I've got to start living a better way, a different way. The way the Lord wants me to live. Whether I've got a year to live, or 12 years to live, or the rest of my life to live. Understanding, if you're a teenager thinking you're going to live a long time, which all teenagers do. And we know later on in life, we realize there's no promise of life at all. And that you might live a long life, and you may not. And sometimes we have wake-up calls in our life every once in a while where we realize, whoa, that was close. That was a wake-up call. In other words, wake up, get out of the darkness, and get into the light. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Now, He calls us also, this is, this is the, the, the unique part of this one. He calls us to be the light of the world too. Let's go back there in Matthew and read that again, and that's where we'll close out our thoughts. It's not just that he says, I'm the light of the world. He says, you are too. And he, he gives us actually a fairly good description of what does it mean to be the light of the world. He says, you're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. So his imagery is that you're, you're in a very seeable spot. You're in a, a public area. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. We don't really understand that imagery because we don't really do that. We don't live that way. We, we turn the light on and the wall and the light goes on. But he's saying it would be silly to light a lamp, light a, a, an oil burning lamp or light a candle and then put it under the table. He said that would be silly. That'd be, why, why even do it? That's stupid. You light it and then you put it up on the table. You put it up on a, a, a higher area and it illuminates all the, the, the way around you. He's saying, if you're my follower, if you're going to be like me, you live a public life. This is a challenge for me as a minister. 
A minister leads a public life. And I've got to tell you, I don't like that sometimes. Because what a public life means is that your life is open for observation all the time. You say, well, you made a decision to go to the ministry, Marty. That, 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 that's your, you've got to live with that. Amen. That's true. And I do. You made the decision to become a Christian and you've got to live with it too. You live a public life. Now, see, sometimes people become Christians and then they want to be private. They want to live a private Christian life. Now, he says, you've got to live a public Christian life. Why, why would someone light a lamp and then put it under the bowl? Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. They may see your good deeds. They may see what you're doing and praise God because of it. Why would they praise God because of it? Because your life has led them to make the same decision. We praise God because of the people that were influences on us to become Christians. Someone shared with us. So, someone uh, reached out to us. Someone uh, was a good example for us. And, and we wanted to become a Christian because of them. We praise God because of the good influence that we saw someone else being a public Christian. I want, you to, I want you to marinate on that. Are you a public Christian or a private Christian? See, the world says, well, keep your religious to yourself. Be private. Jesus says, no, you should be public about it. People should be able to see your good deeds. They should be able to see what you do, see what you say, see how you act, and they should be able to draw some sort of, hopefully, inspiration from the example that they see you in your living your life. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. If he's the light of the world, he can pull you out of darkness. He says, I want you to be the light of the world. Not that we can pull people out of darkness, but we can get people to be in a condition where they go out of darkness into the wonderful light. I hope our study today has been a good study for you. We didn't actually read as much of John 8 and then into John 9 there because we've read some of that anyway. And it really ended up being a big argument between Jesus and the uh, uh, Jews because they say well, you're not, you can't give yourself as your own testimony and all that. And they fuss about that all the way through. But I thought it would be good for us just to go back. You know, we don't do that very often. I bet so you can't even remember the last time I read Galatians 5, 19 through 21 in church. You know, uh, it's not something that we do study and, and talk about a lot, but it is something that we do need to go back and look at. Oftentimes in our life to develop our convictions and develop uh, the steadfastness that we need to have. Guys, you're wonderful. Great to be with you. Have a great week. Now, I won't be here next Sunday. Uh, someone else will be preaching here. I'm not exactly sure who will be, but someone will be here preaching, and you'll have a great day uh, while Chris and I are over at Turning Point. You are dismissed.